Welcome to the podcast. This is Hope for Today, where we strive to examine God's Word uh, for hope for today. Hello, April. Hello. We are going to continue our um, conversation about suicide and depression. Um, but first of all, I've been instructed <clears throat> to do small talk, <laughs> to draw people in. This is something I can do in person, it's, but for some reason, when we so do hard to talk to each other, when we do recordings, <laughs> it doesn't seem to be very natural. How was your weekend? It was amazing. <laughs> we had a good good Sunday. It was beautiful here. It was beautiful. Snow melted for one day. All the shady spots, they're still. And then it snowed snow. again. <laughs> it was fifty-eight Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. We don't know the Celsius. Um, less than 20. And then Monday it was cold and Monday night it snowed. Yeah. So everybody came out and washed their cars. Yep. On Sunday afternoon. Everybody walked around the block. Kids were riding their bicycles in short sleeves. Yeah. Insisting that they were warm enough. They were warm enough. (laughs) So. Yep. Yep. We got Marcus into a long sleeve t-shirt. That's yes. The most the most we got him into. Speaking of depression, winter can be <laughs> depressing at times. So, I I'd like to start out with a thought. We do have show notes that we're going to try to cover, but I would like to just throw out there that I think that hope is a lifestyle. Okay. Meaning I think that there are people that pursue lifestyle choices, Mm -hmm. both practical and spiritual, that keep their hope in a healthy place. Okay. Yeah. And when people do that, it allows them to go through the bumps Mm -hmm. as well as legitimate devastation and make it through. Because, like, basically... If you have built a life where you live daily on hope, you're kind of riding steadily mm-hmm. near the mountaintop. Yep. Not necessarily that a high, but just on a steady mid-high. Yeah. Where if you don't, you could be skirting the bottom already. Mm-hmm. And then when something bumps you, it really hurts you. It really hurts you. So we're going to look at... We've, um, all, we've all had... Those stages where it's like, if one more thing happens. If one more thing happens. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm going to blow my top. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to talk just for, not in detail uh, per se, but just a couple of Bible stories that come to mind about people who... Because um, the book you're going through is talking about that? Yeah. So... The book, once again, is called Hope Always. You can find it on, for our listeners, find it on Amazon. Um, That's where I found it. Mm -hmm. It's by Tyndale Press. Uh, Hope Always by Matthew Sleeth. And we're using this book for the talking points. And um, I want to start out by reading uh, two scriptures, two verses. uh, John 10 and verses 9 and 10. Jesus says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So I think this is an amazing passage. First of all, Jesus is the door to hope. Okay, if we really want to have hope, we've got to trust Christ as our Savior. Um, but then it draws the contrast between the thief here, which is describing Satan. And it says he's coming to steal and to kill and to destroy. Uh, but Jesus says that he came that, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly, right? So just from these verses, if we're going to take these verses on the side of hope, we have Jesus. He's promising that he's the door to this living hope. And he says that he is coming to give us life and to give us abundant life, which is a joyful, happy life. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, right? So on one side, we've got Jesus who has life, abundant life, a blessed life. And then on the other side, there's Satan who's trying to steal life away from us and to kill us, right? Um, well, basically, listening to what you're saying, it's like salvation is what gets you on track Yeah. for hope. Yeah. I mean, without that, you're not even on the right train. You're not even on the right train. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, for those who are unbelievers, you know, they can do as much as they can to live a life of hope, but you don't really have true you don't living have that hope. inner spring. No, that's that's a great point. Yeah, that 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 fountain of of hope, that fountain of life mm -hmm. that Jesus promised in John chapter four. Yeah, I mean it's true. Um, and then I mean by extension, he is that he is that fountain inside of us. And um, and so when we we have we have the source for hope inside of us if we're saved. If we don't, if we're not saved, if we've never trusted Christ as our Savior, then we that's absent. So then, then you are the one responsible yeah. for your own self yeah. and your own hope. For sure, because that's what, if we choose not to accept Christ with by choice, and we know we could, that is saying that I have the answer myself. Mm -hmm. And so you're continuously responsible for right. the answers in your life, no matter what the questions are or no what, what the problems are. And I guess that's really kind of the scary part is, you don't know what you're going to encounter in life, whereas Christ does. From day to day. From day to day. I mean, personal examples that we could use in our past, but something that we all can easily connect with is the pandemic. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure I haven't looked at the suicide uh, statistics for the pandemic. <coughs> um, <coughs> Sorry. That's April sneezing. <laughs> Um, but that was definitely something that was oh. unexpected in every possible way. I mean, no one never thought that. Well, and it depends on what country you're in, but if you're in one of the stricter countries mm -hmm. like we are mm -hmm. in Canada, I mean, hope was yanked away so many times. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It says in Proverbs. And I, I often told people during COVID, I feel like I'm a little bipolar from day to day because yeah. one day feels amazing and you're excited about the day and the opportunities and the next day you just it's all gone yeah in a poof you know and so um 
I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, but definitely leaning on um, spending more time with the Lord during mm-hmm. that time really helped me a lot because your mind, I think with all that free time and all the just new stuff in life, it, your mind can just go crazy and just frustrate you beyond measure if you're trying to control it yourself. If yeah. you're in charge of your destiny and you're in charge of how it affects you mm-hmm. and if you're trust or you're trusting the government, which you can't predict either. Um, but when you realize that the Lord is in control and I did a study on that during COVID on the sovereignty of God. Yeah. And that was really reassuring to me because it's like, it's not the sickness that's in charge. It's not the government that's in charge. God has his hand in all of this. And yeah. so just relax. Yeah. I think that's a great contrast. You know, when I talk to people that I meet who are not believers, one of the advantages of being a Christian is the structure in life that it provides. Mm-hmm that not just structure in in a flimsy sense, but you have these immovable truths, these rocks of these giant boulders of truth Mm -hmm. and priorities that don't change, you know, with life. And, of course, the um, passage that we could use would be Matthew 7, talking about the one who built his house on the rock and the one who built his house on the sand. Mm -hmm. It said in verse 24, Theresoever, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think the thing, and there are plenty of Christians who didn't pursue their Christian priorities during the pandemic. And, and plenty of us did some days and did another days. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like when we pursue them, I mean, we feel everything's not perfect, but we, we have that hope that we need. We feel there's a purpose. Yeah, we have that purpose. Okay, so if we're going to look at our outline, number one, if we're going to have hope, we are gonna we need to believe God's truth over Satan's lies. Okay. Um, so I'm referring now to our book, Hope Always. Um. We've already talked a little bit about Satan's lies to Adam and Eve. Okay. I love this quote by uh, Matthew Sleeth in his book. This is page 70. He says, if we practice Christianity without holding the Bible as authoritative, we are really setting ourselves up as God. We are trying to ride piggyback on the legitimacy of Christianity doing what we see fit without the restraints imposed by the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the reasons why our hope can be dashed, we can sink into depression and be tempted with ideas of suicide, is because we piecemeal the Bible. Mm -hmm. We don't actually say, this is my authority, I'm going to follow it, I'm going to do it. We don't just surrender ourselves to it and say, if that's what it says, and this is what it means, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. 
And I was just looking up the definition of hopefully for talking, and it says a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen mm-hmm. or a feeling of trust. And I think a lot of times our hope can be dashed because even when we use the Bible, we're not necessarily interpreting or using it correctly. Mm-hmm. And we have hope, but we have hope that what we want to happen yeah. will happen. That's true. As long as we use the Lord mm-hmm. to get it. Yeah. And and I think what you're going to get into maybe in the next show note, but it's basically like, what do I need to have hope in? Yeah. Because otherwise, how do you have it? How do you keep it? Because if you're just having hope that you'll figure things out or hope that, you know, I'll have a million dollars one day or yeah. hope that my children will never disappoint me or hope that, you know, my marriage will always be perfect. That is going to, you can't keep that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we can learn from the story of Adam and Eve is that Satan was always tempting them towards the dark side. He was always tempting them towards death, tempting them towards suicide. The only thing that would kill them. Self-harm. Yeah, self-harm. He was tempting them towards that. It's just Uh, really interesting because I've never never seen that until you got this book yeah i think that's a really i mean from the very beginning this is genesis chapter three so right after the perfect creation you know people want to accuse god and say well if god's so perfect and he's so sovereign then why are there bad things in this world and it's like you cannot ignore genesis (laughs) three when you come into why is the world the way that it is People suffer devastating losses in their life, not because God is evil, but because Satan is evil Mm. and Satan has tempted humanity into making these choices that are very, very selfish, very sinful, and they hurt other people. I think it was very educational because you don't know. I don't know what it's like to be suicidal, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you've got to assume that that person does what they do based on people we've talked to or stories that you've heard. They don't think it's the devil. No, they don't. Trying to convince them of that. They think that it's their own thoughts. It's their own disappointments. It's their own failures. And just like the idea that, and just labeling that that is, that is Satan. That is Satan. And like, yes, you're down and yes, there's, there's problems, but it is Satan that comes to you in that moment yeah. and tells you you're not worth it. And so to me, it's always helped to, to label Satan in my life. Sure. Um, I, I, I don't know if we'll get into the examples, but just like in areas that have been super frustrating for me, for me to realize in that moment, it's not just me trying to overcome my flesh. Yeah. Like this is an attack. Yep. Because when I know that, then you can gear up, then you can prepare, then you can know how to deal with it better. Self-harm is evil. Yeah. Suicide is evil. Mm-hmm. That is the complete opposite of Not what, because that person's evil. Not because that person is evil, but because... The root of it. The root of it is evil, mm-hmm. right? And so if the someone's... trying to harm you. If someone is listening to this and they're thinking about thoughts of suicide, or they are, or they have someone in their life that is... We need to realize there is an evil behind that thought, behind that desire. Some people, Satan will even go so far as to lie in, to people in their minds and say that it is God telling them to take their own life. No, I mean, I've heard stories. I heard a story of a lady who 
struggled with this and probably had, you know, I don't know if she had mental instabilities or just deep depression, but she took her child and walked in front of a truck Mm -hmm. to kill both of them. Yeah. Because in her mind, she thought that would be better for her child. Right. And that is just the devil. Yeah. And he, he survived, surprisingly. She did not. But that, I mean, how else do you explain those kind of thoughts? Yeah. You know, because there's no logic in that. So, you know, there are, there's hope for, there's hope. There is hope for you. Yeah. Suicide is not the answer. Yeah. Self-harm is not the answer. Self-harm is when you hurt yourself in various ways, sometimes through sinful actions, sometimes sometimes through very, very risky behaviors, sometimes even very risky immoral behaviors, drug use, alcohol use. Well, and from people we've talked to, the self-harm part of it, not the suicide part of it. It's like most of the time they just want someone to see them. Yeah. And to hear them. And so, I mean, you'd like to say, you know, some if, if, if nothing else, God sees you. God sees you. Yeah, there's deep, deep pain. And it's manifesting itself and people taking a steak knife and cutting themselves. I mean, we, you know, teenagers can do, anybody can do this. And it's like that pain that's in there, that is not God that made you hurt. Allow that pain to draw you to... The healing. I mean, one of the names of Christ is he is the balm of Gilead. He is the healer. He is the great physician. And he can heal the deepest hurts and pains. And he can take away the guilt, the shame. He can take away the sin. Mm-hmm. He can take away that source. And as, as hopeless as, and as dark as... As it can seem now, only Christ has the ability to turn that back around, to turn that valley around into a mountaintop that is even that much higher and better than you could ever imagine. I mean, Christ, you don't want to say he committed suicide on the cross, but the Bible does say that he laid his life down. like he. He himself. sacrificed himself. He allowed himself. But that wasn't darkness. That was God's plan. He, he, it was God's plan. But the thing is, is that Christ walked into the darkest of places. Yeah. So that we don't have to. Yeah. He walked into Satan, his temptations, but he did it in the right way. He did it with spiritual strength he did it with purity and holiness as the perfect sinless son of god and he walked into the darkness that you're feeling right now and has achieved the victory through his resurrection and he's walking back out of the darkness and trying to hand you the victory Mm -hmm. the victory for you is not to walk in the darkness surrender to the darkness and kill yourself or just sat just to to marinate in your depression and just see where it takes you yeah It is come to Christ. He is the door of hope. And if you come to him, he has the victory with him. He is the victory. Mm -hmm. If you come to him and just humble as a Christian or a non-Christian, if you come to Christ humbly and say, I can't do this. I need your help. That is where hope starts. Yeah. You can have everything. You can have everything. It's not you know, I'll give you a certain amount of something so that you will get me to the end means. Sure. 
But you can have everything. You can have everything. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And our youth pastor growing up, you know, told us once, why would God tell you his will for your life if he knows you won't do it? Yeah. And coming to him, trying to find out what he wants is saying, it's an empty, empty, empty slate. You can have whatever you want. For sure. Yeah. Yep. So believe God's truth over Satan's lies. You have to identify what is truth and what is a lie. Whatever is prompting you to darkness, whatever is prompting you towards self-harm, hurting others, hurting yourself, suicide. The devil even, he will call you into depression. Yeah. He will make depression a, that sad, there, there, there is this strange mystique and dark romance yeah. into just sitting in the place of depression. You keep your house dark, you eat bad food, you... Read depressing things. Read depressing things. You watch really, really dark shows. You'll yeah. binge on it. You'll yeah. you'll just say, what what is good for me? What is bad for me? And there's this strange sense of dark pleasure yeah. that says, I'm just going to always make the bad choice for me. I mean, I think it's just a reflection. It's got to be a reflection of what's inside. Because I yeah. think when you're in a good place, those things are not attractive. No. You know? And so... Just realizing that when you feel drawn to all of those things, that something's wrong. Right. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And it says in the book of Psalms that, and I'm going to misquote this. It's just coming to mind. But when, basically when we, when we choose sin, it causes our beauty to consume away like a moth. Right? So... When we see we're either going to believe God's truth or Satan's lie, that voice that's calling you into the darkness, into the bad choice, into the self-harm, into the depression, there, 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 there may be a tiny small bit of pleasure mm -hmm. in choosing that for the moment, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's like the whole Darth Vader thing where you can just <laughs> grab people by their throat from across the room. It's like, well, there's got to be a dark pleasure but then the, the torment, the Bible says here, April found it, Psalm 39, verse 11, When thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth, surely every man is vanity, Selah, right? So he's talking about the, the effect of the sin in our life. And so we, we've got to understand choosing the dark side is not sweet release, I think it makes it worse. I, We're choosing the wages of sin, which is death. We're choosing more death I think in that choice. It, it takes work yeah. to get out of that. Yeah. It takes purposeful choices. And our flesh defies that. Mm -hmm. Our flesh says, just do what's natural. Sink into how you feel. And you, you know it won't make it better. Yeah. But it's easier. Yeah, yeah. And it's just then making the choice to get up, making the choice to open the blinds, making the choice to read something positive, making the choice to fight against the darkness. Yeah. I mean, even in the sense where we think about the story of Adam and Eve, Satan tempted her to look upon that poison as if it was to be desired. Yeah. And it's interesting because it says that she looked upon it, that it was... To be desired to make one wise. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a part of our sin nature that wants to know. They want, we want to experience the knowledge 
of the dark thing. Mm-hmm. What is it like to watch that or do that? Well, or... I, I really think they want someone that has empathy with them. It's like when I'm feeling super dark. I mean, like <laughs> when you listen to some songs yeah. that are out being played and it's just like, why would anyone want to listen to this? This yeah, is yeah. so depressing. So depressing. <laughs> this person looks like they've never been happy a day in their life. Yeah. But it's like they're relating to that on some level. Instead of saying, you know, I want to find something positive that gets me out of where I'm at. It's like, I want empathy. Mm-hmm. And so they find some darkness that empathizes with where they are, but there's no healing in that. And there may be someone listening to this who, you know, you, you're, you're, you, you're living in the darkness mm-hmm. and you say, well, I can't, I don't know what to do. I think it all starts with just making one, sure. one choice. Oftentimes when we're, when we're faced with, with the entire problem of the entire lifestyle, it's like, like what April said, it's just, why don't you start by opening your blinds? Right. Um, why don't you start with not wearing black today? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes a difference. It makes a difference. I mean, even the choices of what you wear and go, the colors. Go on Amazon and buy the silliest Hawaiian shirt you can find <laughs> and make yourself wear it. And look at your... I'm not saying you have to wear it in public, but put it on, stand in front of the mirror. I'm looking. I'm trying to look up the words to this song because, you know, as we're talking about empathizing with you know, where you are in life and, um, wanting someone to feel that way. And it's like, I get that. And, um, like, obviously it's natural for someone to understand where you are, but I think that there is ways to do that. I mean, it's like watching a movie, like Castaway. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, yes, you can maybe empathize, but then you get down the very end and you're like, this is so sad. And I just spent two hours watching this and there's no upside. It's like, there are things um, that you can do that like may talk about or empathize with the pain, but turn that pain around to something that helps you. Yeah. And so I'm trying to find the lyrics to this song that I listened to recently that was very helpful. Go ahead, because I haven't found it yet. Uh I this is this is actually we're on point number one, but I'm gonna jump down to point number eight on our notes. Don't digest the dark content. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I the we have the podcast, and you can look at it from a previous um, episode called "Stop Eating Darkness Sandwiches." Um, but it's just so interesting because every time we try to watch a new show on Amazon or whatever the new streaming show is, it's like we get about three minutes into it, and it's like this is so dark. This is so depressing or it's just rancid and you can't watch it. But the thing is, is that there are so many shows and so many, so much content nowadays that is so, um, it's so potent. Mm There is no lightness to it at all. It's, it's so potent in the darkness and it will affect you and the depression or just the severity of the violence or the 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 long string of profanity it's just this it's this there it's just death you're just you're diving into a giant vat of death and it grabs for me personally it grabs a hold of my brain uh and it's just like i can't sleep 
I'm sitting there going through the scenario over and over and over and over again. And the villains are so incredibly evil. You just can't even sleep. You're thinking, I mean, it puts you in that situation. If that happened to me and my family, if I did this and and I'm going to do that, what's going to happen next? And it's not just binge watching anymore. It's binge watching stuff that just eats away. Eats it eats a, away at your soul. I mean, your soul is like wormwood. Yeah. You know, it's like Swiss cheese. And it's like hope is a lifestyle. Yeah. Hope is a lifestyle. It's like, "Oh, but everyone else is watching that." Well, you know what? <laughs> I want to sleep. Everyone else is depressed. <laughs> everyone else is depressed. Yeah. I can't find the words to it, but it's a song called He Proves Me Wrong, again, by the Lindsays. And it was basically just like, when I feel like I can't hear him, when it feels like it's dark, when it feels like he's not even there, he proves me wrong again. Yeah, yeah. Because he is there. Yeah. And he is listening, and he is going to help you. Uh-huh. And so it's like, there are there are formats of things that can empathize with your pain, but bring... And to me, like that's the friend I want. I don't want a friend... That I can sit down with and we can rag on life. Yeah. And that be the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I need there to be an upside on the other side. Right. And to me, that's positive input. I think that there's a temptation for people to almost be accused, like accuse themselves or for others to accuse them or for them to think other people will accuse them of if I choose to live this way, if I choose to live in the light, if I choose to live hopeful then I'm just checking out of reality. I'm I'm pretending like I'm not living in the real world if I don't watch all the shows people watch, if I'm not up to date on all of the all of the songs that people listen to, if I don't if I don't if I don't and this is one of the points we'll get into in another episode, but if I don't drink, if I don't do drugs, if I don't, you know, recreational try these things, if I don't if I don't know what everybody else knows, then you know, I'm just pretending like you know i'm i'm just living this fairy tale life it's like i'm pretend i'm just i'm a grown up and i'm just choosing to live the rest of my life in disney world well, there, because it makes me happy there is a rush an adrenaline rush that comes with dabbling with that stuff yeah that is addicting yeah yeah and if you're not i mean anybody can become addicted to bad things sure and that's not just alcohol or drugs or whatever that may be that can be content sure and you can't, I mean, there was a time in my life where I started reading a book that there's nothing wrong with the book inherently, Yeah. but it really messed with my spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And it really made me fearful. Yeah. And, but I wanted, like, I don't know if anyone's like this, but when you start a book, I want to know what happens. Mm. I want to know like the, the end of the story. And I literally had to like go lock it up somewhere <laughs> because even though I knew it was bothering me, I still had an addiction for it. Mm. And you know, I think seeing that that's what it is, again, labeling that, that that is an addiction, but it's a hurtful addiction. And, you know, jumping back to Adam and Eve, it's like Eve took the, she she took the fruit and then she gave it to Adam. And it doesn't give us a whole lot of detail other than just that. But it's like Adam took an eight. He wanted, he didn't want to, I don't know if he didn't want to miss out. He had FOMO back then. I don't know if that's the, the start no, of I FOMO, mean, but. He probably just didn't want her to. You know, have the consequences on our own. Something. But, I mean, the thing is, is that we've got to choose hope as a lifestyle and not let other people drag us into Mm -hmm. living a dark life. Yeah. 
and through I, peer pressure or... And I think like anything else, if you look, it's like it obedience doesn't make sense until you've done it. Yep. And it's like, you know, you're addicted to some format or you don't want to be left out of some situation. And I mean, even like our children at the youngest of ages will be like, are we going to watch this show that all my friends are going to watch? Yeah. And it's like, no. And they're like, you know, why? Everyone else is watching it. And it's like, you know what? We don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Sure. But at the very youngest of ages, that's something that you want. And in they, they, you realize that within a few weeks, they've forgotten all about it. Sure. They're not, it's not like, okay, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be an outcast because I didn't watch this certain thing. <laughs> so true. And it, it's so hard to see in that moment how it will not only be fine if you do that thing, if you take that step, if you obey when you are supposed to obey, but it will be better. Yep. And you will be fine and you will be healthy and your spirit will be good. But you don't see, obedience is faith. Yeah. Obedience is faith. That's good. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that's a good stopping point. Sounds good. We will continue this topic next week. I, um, I think it's good because, you know, obviously we start this about suicide and depression, but we all need hope. Yeah. And we all start somewhere with losing it. Yep. And we all have a stage where we need more than we have. And so this helps everybody. Yeah. Yep. If you guys have any questions or comments or... Uh, something you'd like to add, then please email us at SparrowBaptistToronto at gmail.com. And we would um, love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. If you would like to speak to one of us yeah. as a counselor. If you live please, locally. Please feel free to. Please come join us. Reach out to us. We're at Sparrow Baptist Church um, in Toronto uh, every Sunday. Uh, you can find us online, very easy to find, and we'd love to have you come out and visit. Um, I just want to mention once again that Jesus is the door of hope. If you've never yet trusted Christ as your Savior, that is where the fountain of hope starts. You have to admit, first of all, that you need him. You are a sinner in need of a Savior, and he died on the cross for your sin, and the sin are the bad choices that we've made, the sins against God, but also... That includes the guilt and the shame as a consequence of those bad choices we've made. And he died for you. He took all of that on himself. And he wants to give you the free gift of hope and forgiveness and salvation. And that's where, that's where hope begins is at the cross, at the empty tomb. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. We will catch you in the next one.